Hello and welcome to The Shadow from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. type of automobile accident often happens at night on a good road in fair weather, which may happen when your car is the only car in the vicinity, which is very likely to result in death or crippling injuries to the driver, and which, unlike most accidents, has usually tipped you off as to what may happen? The answer to this question, given by the National Safety Council, which is currently conducting a campaign against night traffic accidents, is this. The driver simply falls asleep at the wheel. And the answer to this accident problem is simply this. Don't drive while you're sleepy. If you must drive at night, stop for some sleep when you feel that drowsy spell coming on. Don't let this very violent type of accident sneak up on you in the dark. Don't let tragedy catch you asleep at the wheel. And now, the shadow. The Shadow, who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret. The hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, Evil in the House. It's a warm, starlit evening in early fall. A tall, bareheaded young man stops outside the gate of an attractive summer home overlooking the sea. He grins, runs his fingers through his hair, and makes his way up the path to the door. Coming. Hello, who did... Dickie. Hello, Joan. Dickie Warren. Glad to see me. What do you want? That's not a very nice way to greet an old friend after two long years. What do you want, Dickie? I thought you'd throw your arms around me and say, Dickie, I insist you spend the night here. There's an inn in the village. Goodbye. Oh, is that polite? <laughs> Trying to slam the door on an old friend? Get your foot out of that door. Get it out, I tell you. <laughs> Still afraid of yourself, baby? If you don't leave us. Who is it, Joan? Sweetheart, tell him who I am. I, uh, it's an old friend, George, Dicky Warren. Uh, just dropped by on his way to town. Bring him in. Bring him in. Well, you heard the man, sweetheart. All right, come in. This way. Oh, nice, cozy and nice. Uh, George, this is Dicky Warren. My husband, George Butler. 
Glad to know you, boy. Hello, George. Sit down. Make yourself at home. Thank you. I uh, don't think I've heard Joan mention you before. Well, I've been away. You know that old saw, out of sight, out of mind, sexy around here long? That depends. I have a couple of things to do. First is, I've got to find some place to sleep tonight. Well, why not stay here with us? You're more than welcome, isn't he, Joan? Why, uh, Lamont Cranston and Margot Lane are coming out there spending the weekend. Don't you remember, George? Of course. There's always room for one more. Uh, how about the guest cottage? One with mine. I'd be delighted, huh? Good afternoon, George. Joan, my dear. I just took a little walk to the village and I... What? Who is that? You remember Dickie Warren, Dad? I... Yes, I remember Dickie Warren. What are you doing out this way, Warren? Oh, just passing through, Mr. Whitford. Thought I'd stop by and say hello to my old friend. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, won't you have some tea, Dad? You look tired. Uh, I am a little tired, my dear. Didn't realize how much the walk took out of me. I think I'll go up to my room for a while. You'll excuse me? Anything I can get for you, Mr. Whitford? Uh, not a thing, thanks, George. See you all in the morning. Poor Dad. He's aged 20 years since I last saw him. His wife's sudden death. It's never been the same since. I can understand that. understand it very well. I, uh, I'd better get the guest cottage ready. Well, of course, darling. Don't mind us. Or and I will find plenty to talk about. Yes. Yes, I'm sure we will, George. What do you mean? Nothing. We wouldn't think of discussing anything really important until you got back. You weren't very long, sweetheart. Oh, Dickie, I, I didn't see you. I'm sorry to put you to the trouble of fixing that room, Joan. I was thinking maybe I wouldn't stay. Oh, well, it, it would be rather awkward. Sure. We can get our business over with right now. Business? What business? Oh, just a little financial transaction. What are you talking about? About the $10,000 you're going to give me? $10,000? It'd be worth at least that for your father not to know the truth about your mother's death. Wouldn't it, sweetheart? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about how your mother really died. Uh, you ran out of the stimulant the doctor ordered for your mother's heart condition. It was an accident. I went That's for more. convenient, though, wasn't it? Considering she was dead when you got back. Especially when you realized how much you hated your mother. That's not true. I I thought there was enough of the medicine. I, I must have used more than I thought. I'm sure your father would understand. My father? Oh, you can't tell him, did you? You can't. It, it would break him. Well, then send it, Helen. If you'd given me the money, of course. But... I haven't got $10,000. You'll get it, though. Won't you, Joan? Won't you? If I do. Will you promise to go away and never come back? Of course, sweetheart. Of course I'll go away. You don't think I'm enjoying this, do you? Margot, I'm sure that's the Whitford house up ahead. I hope so. We're about three hours late already. That shortcut you took, Lamont. Well. <laughs> Didn't cut off much of that, did it? Well, I can gather it added about 20 miles to the trip. Gave me that much more of your company, Miss Lane. Mm, you're lucky to have a lot more of it. I wouldn't blame Joan if she locked us out at this hour. Well, better late than never, coin a cliche. <laughs> I hear someone coming. 
Please say I can get this out. Hello, Joan. How are you? I'm sorry we're so late. Oh, that's all right. Come in, Margot. Nice to see you. Hope I haven't put you out. Oh, no, of course not, Lamont. George, it's Lamont and Margot. Oh, hello, Lamont. Hello, Margot. Hello, George. Hello, George. Nobody going to introduce me? Dickie Warren, old friend of the family. Oh, yes. How are you, Mr. Warren? How do you do? I do all right, thanks, Miss Lane. Brandy George? Cranston? Uh, Miss Lane? No, thanks. Not right now. I'll take one, Warren. Where's Mr. Whitford, Joan? Dad, oh, he's gone to bed. He was tired. He doesn't look well, Miss Lane. Joanie tells me that... Uh, uh, tells you what, Warren? Oh, that's right. It wasn't Joan. It was you, George. You said that Mrs. Warren's death had upset him. But Joan did tell you some other things. You two were out in the garden talking. You had quite a little chat, didn't you? George. Oh, we didn't talk about much, George. Nothing you'd be interested in. I wonder if you'd all excuse me. I'm so tired. I, I'm sorry, Margot. Lamont. George will be glad to show you to your room. I think I'll have another brandy. Show me, Lamont. Uh, no, George, thanks. I think Joan has a good idea. If it's all right with you, Margot and I will go up. Uh, the usual rooms? Oh, of course. I'll see you up. Uh, we can find our way. Thanks, George. Good night. Good night. See you in the morning. Yes. Good night, Warren. Lamont, what in the world is going on here? Who is Dickie Warren? Friend of the family, as he says. The atmosphere was considerably less than friendly. Joan, sir. Mr. Whitford. He always waited up to see us in this place. Now, don't worry about it, Margot. You go to your room, get a good night's sleep. What are you going to do? I'll have a look in on Mr. Whitford before I turn in. I think he'd feel badly if I didn't at least say good night to him. You, Warren. Bedroom drinker? Bad, George. What do you want? I just let her drop by, have a little talk with you. Before I turned in. I'd like to have a little talk with you, Warren. Dude, who are you? What do you want here? Well, that makes everything very simple, George. That's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. What do you mean by that? You know, George, uh, this is rather delicate. But I'm sure you'd rather I got to the point. Go on. Well, you see, uh, Joan and I were, uh, Shall we say, very close friend. And she wrote me some letters. And I thought you might like to have them. For a price, of course. Oh, that's blackmail. Why, I ought not lose our heads, George. It's a very simple business transaction. No need for hard feelings. If you won't buy the letters, somebody else will. Sure, the tabloids would love to print them. You're crazy. Who'd buy a girl's foolish love letter? These aren't exactly foolish love letters, George. Add that to the fact that they were written to an ex-convict. And they become very interesting. So you've been in jail, is that it? Oh, a matter of a few months. To think over a discrepancy in the client's accounts. What do you want? Money. $10,000 to be exact. If I give it to you, then I'll step out of the picture completely. Your worries will be over. I, I don't keep that kind of money here. I'm sorry, George, but I can't wait. Better think of some way of raising it. I'll give you one hour to figure out how. Just one hour. Mr. Whitford, are you awake? Who is it? Cranston. I just want to 
wanted to say good night. Oh, glad you're here, Lamont. Glad you're here. Is anything wrong? No, no. What makes you ask? The young Warren around things seemed a little tense, that's all. There always seems to be trouble when Warren's around. Just who is he, anyway, Mr. Whitford? Just a young man Joan met a few years ago. She was madly in love with him. After Alice died, he went away. Well, you weren't going to brood, you know. It's just that seeing him brings it back. Alice hated him. The bedroom in the house. How did you feel about him, Mr. Whitford? I don't know. It caused a rip between Alice and Joan. A rip that never healed. You mustn't think of that, Mr. Whitford. Joan may have resented her mother's dislike of Warren, but I know she loved her mother. Of course, of course. I, I shouldn't even think of such things. You're just tired, sir. It'll look different in the morning. Uh, I, I suppose so. I just wish Warren would go away and leave us the way we were. Now you try and get some rest, Mr. Whitford. I'll see what can be done about your getting your wish. Remember this old seawall, Joan? Of course, George. This is where you asked me to marry. That's right. I brought you here to ask you another question. Equally important. About Dickie Warren? Why didn't you tell me about him, Joan? I could have understood if I heard it from you. What was he to you? Nothing, George. Nothing at all. There's never been anything between Dickie and me that I'm ashamed of. What were in the letters, Joan? What about that? Patient, George. Had to satisfy your curiosity, didn't you? Did what are you doing here, Warren? Well, I just came down to see the ocean by moonlight. Romantic, isn't it? Dickie, please. Reminds me of that weekend at the shore, Joan. Don't listen to him, George. Remember how beautiful it was? The sun was coming up over the horizon. And you were afraid to go home, as I remember. That's enough, Warren. Jealous, George? You know, you could have saved yourself this. I gave you the chance. That's enough, I said. Let's not get melodramatic, George. Put the gun away. Don't hit me, Warren. I'm giving you a chance to get out of here. If you don't... George, please. Over here in front of me, Joan. No. Oh. Now, George, with Joan between us, let's talk. You had your warning. Get away from my wife. Get away. I tell you, I'll kill you. Don't please stop. Drop that gun, George. Drop it. I'll kill you. I tell you. I don't think so. Get that gun away from me. killed him. Dickie, you killed him. I wouldn't say that. Looked more like suicide to me. You held a gun against his chest and pulled the trigger. You killed him. Must have been jealousy, don't you think? Or maybe business was bad. Which do you think's a better story for the police? You won't get away with it, Dickie. No one pays for suicide, sweetheart. After all, it was George's gun. His fingerprints were the only one on it. He was jealous. Suicide. It wasn't suicide. It was murder. I was a witness. I saw it. But there were two witnesses, Joan. And I know the story I'm going to tell. I'll tell them that you're a liar and a murderer. I don't think so, sweetheart. If your father found out how your mother really died, it would break his mind. You wouldn't want to see your father put in an institution. So I think I know the story that you're going to tell, too. Return to the shadow in just a minute. I'd like to ask a question of all you parents who have children in school. Have you been doing your homework? Well, I'm quite serious. I'm sure you've been keeping after Junior and Sister, seeing that they do their homework and keep up the grades, because you realize how vitally important it is that they get a really good education. 
But do you actually know how good their education is? How good their school is? Their teachers? That's what I mean by your homework. You can't just take Johnny's word on whether things are going well or badly at school. And you can't simply count on his report cards to give you the complete story. There's much more you should know to be sure your children are getting the kind of education that will help them make the best use of their abilities and hold their own later in life. For instance, have you met all of Johnny's teachers? The principal. Does your school system attract new teachers, good teachers? Are they proud of their profession? How is the school board chosen, the superintendent? What educational associations recognize your school system? Is there an active parent-teachers association, and do you take part in it? All of this is your homework as a parent and a citizen. Back now to the shadow. Lamont and Margot are visiting at the Whitford Summer Home. Tension has hung over the attractive seaside estate since the arrival of Dickie Warren, an old friend of Joan Whitford. Now Lamont and Margot have just heard a shot from out by the seawall. They rush out to find Joan alone with the body of her husband. Joan? Are you out there, Joan? Uh, oh, there you are. We heard shooting. Good Lord, it's Joan. Joan, what's happened? George is... He shot himself. I'll take care of Joan. I'll see what I can do. He is dead, Lamar. Yes, I'm afraid so. It's gone. It's his, Joan. Yes, he's had it for years. So I see. He hasn't had much use either, I'd say. Margot, I suppose you take Joan back to the cottage. I'll take care of him. Oh, no. No, please, Margot. I'd rather be alone. Poor child. What a terrible thing to happen. And they were so happy together. Yes, apparently they were. You think it might not have been suicidal, Mark? I don't think we know all the facts yet, Margaret. Not by a long shot. I wonder where Vicky Warren is. You think he had something to do with George's death, Mark? At least it's worth a few questions. Vicky Warren might have some interesting things to say, the shadow. <laughs> Knock, whoever you are. Your door was open. Were you expecting someone, Dickie? The police, maybe? Who are you? The shadow, Dickie. But it's no use trying to see me. No one sees the shadow. What do you want? I want the truth about George Butler's suicide. Butler's suicide? I didn't even know he was dead. I said the truth, Dickie. Okay, suit yourself. Tell you, I've been reading here for the past half hour. I didn't even hear the shot. Oh? But I didn't tell you that George Butler had shot himself. <laughs> didn't you? Maybe not. Maybe I just guessed it. The way you guessed how Mrs. Whitford died, Dickie. What do you know about that? The shadow knows a great deal. Okay, so you know a great deal. So you know Joan was responsible for her mother's death. Was she? Of course she was. The doctor told her to keep an extra supply of medicine on hand, and she didn't. It was her fault her mother died. Criminal negligence. Go on. That's all there is. Joan hated her mother because she tried to break us up. After Joan left, her mother started to gasp. Then you were in the house that day. No, no, I wasn't. Uh, I just know what Joan told me later. Where was Joan? 
He was gone for medicine, I told you. Took her two hours. Mrs. Whitford was dead when she got back. Then how could Joan tell you what her mother was doing when she was gone? Look, I don't have to answer these questions. I'm not worried about bringing this story out into the open. I got nothing to lose. Joan has. Nothing to lose except your life, Dickie. That's all. Just your life. <laughs> Dad. Oh, Dad. What is it, Alice, my dear? It's not Mother, Dad. It's me, Joan. Uh, I have the most awful dreams. I thought I'd lost. Daddy, wake up. This uh, is Joan. Joan? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, my dear. I, I guess I was dreaming. Uh, what is it, Joan? Dad, I. I. Yes? I need $10,000. $10,000? What for? I can't tell you. But, Joan. I, I need it tonight, right now. Don't ask me any questions. $10,000? You've got to trust me. I, I must have the money right now. All right. All right, my dear. You have to have it. I, I do. I do. And I, I won't ask any questions. I'll make out a check for you right now. Lamont, did you learn anything from Dickie Warren? A lot more than he thinks, Margot. But Joan, why should she call it suicide if it wasn't? Warren may have some hold over her. Lamont, we've got to help. We will, Margot. First, it's a little experiment I want to try. Close that door. Right. What are you going to do? First, I'm going to wrap this handkerchief around my hand. Take George's gun. That's the one he killed himself with. I'm going to fire it into those couch pillows, holding it close to the report. Like that. What's that prove? Look here, the handkerchief on my hand. How did that? Exactly. When I first saw this gun, I could see that it was defective, that it had a backflash when it was fired. What does that have to do with George's suicide? There was no sign of a burn on his hand. Margot, if he'd fired that gun, there would have been. Either Dickie Warren fired the gun or held his hand over George's and forced him to pull the trigger. Are you going to turn him over to the police? As fast as I can, Margot. You've called them? Just hung up. Sergeant said it would take them some time to get here, but they're coming by the East Road. The shortcut. Good. In the meantime, I'll have a talk with Joan. She disappeared. I've been looking all over for her. Don't worry, Margot. I think the shadow will be able to find her. Oh, where is he? Why doesn't he come? Waiting for me, John? Oh. Almost like old times, isn't it, sweetheart? Where have you been, Nicky? I had a few odds and ends to clean up. Unfinished business, you might say. Get the money? I've got it. Well, give it to me. Give it to me. How do I know that you'll leave us alone after you get it? You don't. The check, please. Here. Huh? Ten thousand. Check. You know something, sweetheart? What? You're terrific. You've got your money now. You better... You missed me, didn't you, baby? Huh? Dickie, please. Didn't you? No, Dickie, no. Oh. Don't. What's that? Don't. How did you do it? How did you do it? Dad, what's happened? Get out of here, Whitford. You killed her, Joan. 
She doesn't mean to hurt you. She loves you. Dad, what happened? What's wrong? Get out of here, I said. Oh, Mother Joan. You killed her. You killed her. Dad, please. You killed her. Let me go. You choked me. I want you to get out of here. Whisper. Dad. You... You must have told him. You must have told him about Mother. He was going to find out. You knew what it would do to him. But you went to him behind my back and told him. He had a right to know. I paid you. I gave you the money, but you told him anyhow. You drove him crazy. You drove him out of his mind, you evil, vicious, rotten snake. Sure, I told him. Why not? Now I'll be put in an institution. That way, the Whitford money will be all yours. I won't have to settle for a measly $10,000. Don't you see how convenient it is, John? Not so convenient for you, Dickie. What's that? Shut up. It's a little inconvenient to spend money in the death house. I don't know what you're talking about. Joan didn't murder her mother, Warren. I think you did, and I think you'll die for it. But he couldn't. Oh, yes, he could. He was in the house the day your mother died. He could easily have destroyed the stock of medicine you kept on hand. When the attack came, you had the rest of the village. He let your mother die, Joe, not you. You killed You can't prove that. I don't have to. They can only hang you once. And we can prove that you murdered George Butler. He killed himself. It was his gun. You did. You put the gun against his heart and squeezed the trigger. You murdered him. It's her word against mine. There's no proof. There's plenty of proof. That burn on your hand. The burn from the backlash. I burned it with a match. The paraffin test will show gunpowder nitrates in it. <laughs> I'm afraid you're trapped, Dickie. Not yet. Not yet, I'm not. He's getting away. That's the East Lane he's running down. Yes, but he's... That's the road the police are coming up. Right now, do you hear that? Dickie Warren's escort to the death house is coming to meet him, face to face. Lana, <laughs> the police still holding Dickie Warren. Not only holding him, they have a confession. He's told the whole story of Mrs. Whitford's death, and George's supposed suicide. Mr. Whitford certainly looked well on the road to recovery when we left. He'll be all right now. The truth will be more to bring back his health than any hospital can. But suppose Dickie hadn't confessed. Had no choice, Margaret. The police had George's gun. The paraffin test revealed the presence of gunpowder and the burn on his hand. It was almost as though George had succeeded in mocking his killer. Well, the Whitford house was certainly a changed place from the time we arrived to the time we left. No more Dickie Warren, Margot. No more evil in the house. To make the buying of security bonds as easy as possible, the government has set up two investment plans, the payroll savings plan and the bond a month plan. The first is aimed at those who are on a payroll. The employee authorizes his boss to set aside a sum from each paycheck and use the money to buy security bonds for him. The bond-a-month plan is for those not on a payroll, for professional men or men who own their own business. If you come under this heading, you can tell your bank to issue you a bond every month and charge the purchase price to your account. You can't go wrong with either of these plans because you'll be saving the easy, automatic way. You'll be paving the way for a happy future with the money you invest now. Remember, United States security bonds. Buy as much as you can. And now, back to the shadow. This story is copyrighted by Street and Spiff Publications, Incorporated. All names and places are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. 
Listen again next week, same time, same station, when the shadow will again demonstrate that the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same stations, we bring you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. The part of Lamont Cranston was played by Brett Morrison, Margot by Grace Matthews. This program came to you from New York. Stay tuned now for Quick as a Flash. This is the Mutual Don Lee Broadcasting System. <laughs>